The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Today I want to talk about spirit animals, uh, something that I'm quite familiar with and trust that this will inspire you to pay closer attention to animals that visit you either uh, in the physical realm or perhaps in your dreams or in other symbolic ways. Spirit animals are generally any animal that shows up to you in spirit form animal spirit guides gets a little more specific in that 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 animal that's showing up in an unusual way or one that shows up repeatedly in a short space of time and that's whether it's the physical animal or a symbol of the animal such as uh, in a dream or seeing a poster or a billboard or something like that with that animal and also that it uh, has been repeated several times so i tend to use the the terms spirit animals, animal spirit guide, interchangeably. But just know that when I say spirit animals, I do mean an animal spirit guide, one that guides you, teaches you, uh, shows you the way, etc. So when an animal shows up like that, again, either in an unusual way or repeatedly in a short space of time, there's something pretty big and pretty special that's going on. And that is that great spirits... uh, funnels down through the collective consciousness of that species into a particular physical representation or representative, what I sometimes call a sales rep trying to get a message to you. So that's why it's important to pay attention to these visitations. There are all sorts of ways that spirit is trying to guide us through our lives. I find that animals are the easiest to understand and to be able to receive messages from. I had an experience a while back as I was walking my dog through the park, the local park here in the neighborhood. It was twilight where you were beginning to have difficulty seeing different things in the dark. You could see outlines, forms, etc. I looked over to the street not that far away and I said, oh, there's a dog walking down the middle of the street. And then I looked more closely and I realized it was a coyote. And this coyote, though they're not 
unusual in the neighborhood and around. There's canyons, etc., like that. We hear them um, singing, etc., at times. But it was very unusual to see one walking down the street. So I tuned in, asked Coyote, "What, what is your message?" And that's the way to do it. You close your eyes, send the question out, and then immediately pay attention to what you see, what you hear, what you feel. What I got, though, was that there's some deceit in your life. Now, Coyote sometimes has a reputation as a trickster or for stealth. And in this case, it was definitely the trickster kind of energy. There was some deceit in my life. And now that could have been me or it could have been someone in my, um, someone that I know. And as it turned out, as I checked this out, I came up with the names of three people where there could be some deceit. And I contemplated that for a while and realized there was this one person that um, basically uh, owed me a pretty large sum of money. And it kept getting delayed in spite of agreements we had in place. And as soon as I focused in on this individual, I realized, yes, I got a feeling in my body, a sensation that confirmed this is the individual that's deceiving me. There was another time several years ago when I was preparing to take some of my original songs into a studio. I have written quite a few of these, and at that time, this is about 15 years ago, I was a little wary about uh, doing so. Oh, the song's good enough, you know, is my voice good enough, etc. And uh, just sitting there contemplating it, I did set up a date for the next day. I was sitting at my desk, doors were open, the, the uh, sliding glass door was open uh, in my office at home, and bingo! <laughs> what happened is a grasshopper jumped right in front of my computer screen as I was contemplating whether to follow through with this or not. And I thought, well, Mr. Animal Spirit Guides guy, you know, what does this mean? And as I contemplated, I realized, okay, one of the ways to discern what the message is, is to look at the characteristics of the animal and look at them as a metaphor, in other words, a message to you. And of course, the, the grasshopper hopped into the room onto my desk and the message I got was hop to it. In other words, go for it. And then I thought, well, I want to look this up, which is, by the way, another way. Look up on uh, one of the search engines. Look up uh, whatever animal it is, in this case, grasshopper, grasshopper spirit, animal spirit guide, grasshopper, uh, grasshopper, power animal, totem animal, etc. And one, as I scanned the possible meanings, the one that jumped out at me and resonated with me is the male grasshopper sings to attract the female. Now, my intention in the, the recording studio wasn't to attract a female, but it was to sing. And so those two elements of the grasshopper and the visitation really spoke to me, or what the term I like is resonated. I get a good feeling like, yeah, this is it. Like, uh, you could call it intuition if you want, but a good feeling about it. Let me tell you about three ways that you can discern the message. 
I've already mentioned a couple, but let's start with the simplest one, which is what I suggested for Grasshopper, is go to a book or the internet, for instance, on the internet, Grasshopper, Animal Spirit, Spirit Animal, Grasshopper, Animal Spirit Guide, etc. Those, or Totem, that's another one, or Totem Animal. And just see what messages are suggested. And then when you scan the messages in that, uh, on the internet or through a book, such as uh, Ted Andrews, who started this uh, process in informing people about animal spirit guides, or one of my books, Animal Spirit Guides, Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals, etc. Anyway, there's other books out there too that will give you some indication as to what that animal means, what the message is from the animal that has shown up to you in an unusual way and or repeatedly. And again, Great Spirit is, in a sense, sending this animal being to you, physically or symbolically, to deliver a message to help you along your life path. There are so many ways that we can receive message messages from Spirit. This is one particular way that I find to be very accessible and that's through the animal. The next way of the three is what I mentioned earlier. Examine, think about the characteristics of the particular animal, and it's likely you can draw from those characteristics. And again, you can research that. You can look up the characteristics of the animal if you're not sure what they are. But when you identify those characteristics, there may be one or two that jumps out at you or resonates with you in some way. And again, I refer to the example of the grasshopper. Take the leap, hop to it, and oh, singing. The male sings to attract the female. Those two were the salient messages that prompted me to carry through without any hesitation or doubt recording some of those original songs. The third way of receiving and interpreting and discerning, understanding the message from a spirit animal is uh, based on a principle in shamanism, though it's not unique to shamanism. The principle, though, the really important one for shamanism is direct revelation, just like it sounds. It's revealed to you directly. Indigenous people today, and also your long, long ago ancestors, were able to communicate with the world and the various beings in the world. So what we're seeing has often been called New Age, but it's really Old Age. It's existed since human beings walked the earth, that we were able to communicate with the world, and that was lost along the way, largely. Now it's being revived. What you do is, when you have a visitation like I've described, pause, close your eyes, and send telepathically the question to that particular spirit animal. And just simply ask, what's the message? Then what you do is you pay attention to everything you see, everything you hear, and that's both inside you as well as outside you, and whatever sensations that come to your body. These will provide clues as to what the message and or the meaning is of the visitation from the spirit animal. 
That bear, for instance, when you check in and send that question to bear spirit, what you get back may have something to do with the characteristics of the animal or may be completely unrelated directly to those characteristics. It may be that, yeah, go ahead and take that job that you've been offered. Something as simple as that. The dolphin swimming alongside you as you walk along the beach. You tune in and you hear something like, you need to play more. Or referring back to the story of Coyote. The coyote's message to me was extremely important. And that's direct revelation. There are a couple of other terms that are used when referring to some type of spirit animal. And those terms are totem animal or power animal. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy With Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. When you think of totem animal, typically what you come across is that it is a spirit animal that has been with you for a long time. And often you will have physical representations of that animal. Uh, pictures on the wall, little ceramic figures of that animal, a feather from a beloved uh, spirit guides such as crow or raven. So the term totem or totem animal refers to that very, very special relationship you have with an animal and the spirit animal that is represented by that physical animal. Another meaning of totem, very interesting, is uh, one that a uh, spirit animal that's shared by a clan, a family, community. I heard a story recently that there was a 12-step program that had a very consistent membership, and this was brought up in the meeting to have a shared animal that they could relate to, or again, spirit animal. In my research about totem poles that I came across, although nothing is very definitive as to why they're constructed, what they mean, etc. The clearest meaning was that typically you see an image of a totem pole, you'll see maybe four or five carved animal heads that reach up to the top one. And what this is apparently is that there are clans within the tribe or the community, and each clan has a separate shared spirit animal called a totem animal. The one at the top is one that's shared by the entire community. Yet another term that really comes from shamanism is power animal. And as it sounds, it's a source of power plus guidance, teaching, etc. I often hear people referring to their totem or their totem animal, and I wonder if that's perhaps more accurately called a power animal. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter to me, whether you call a long-term relationship with a spirit animal, a totem animal, or a power animal. It is true in shamanic cultures, 
that eat the shaman, or these days the shamanic practitioner, the shamanic healer, has at least one or two spirit animals that are called power animals. And they serve to help the practitioner do the healing work, and they are absolutely necessary for that healing work. Over the nearly 30 years I've been doing shamanic work, I have come to completely trust those power animals that have come to me and have initiated a relationship with me and have sustained that relationship. I will give you one example, and that is wolf spirit. Wolf is my protector, my guardian. He is one that is with me at all times, whether or not I'm consciously aware of it or thinking about him. He has actually intervened on more than one occasion when there was a potential threat to my life. A second power animal, and one that was actually the very first one that acquired me, or I acquired, or more accurately, there's some mysterious collaboration that brings this power animal to you, and that is snake spirit. Now, people seem to be either fascinated or uh, terrified of snakes, but I'm not talking about the physical animal. I'm talking about snake spirit, the spirit animal. I could tell a long story about my history with snake spirit. To start the relationship, I was in a men's event and I, I didn't really know hardly anything about shamanism. And we did this exercise, closed-eyed exercise, and that's the spirit that came to me with snake spirit. Since then, there's been considerable elaboration as to the medicine of snake. And I know that one of the medicines that snake offers is healing. Once I took the dive into shamanism and did considerable amounts of training in different versions of shamanism, I realized the power of snake spirit. Then a book came along that I read three times, and it's called The Cosmic Serpent, DNA and the Origins of Knowledge. I'll encourage you to go check that out if you have any kind of fascination with snakes. The premise basically was Jeremy Narby, the author, did some extensive research on the number of snakes and serpent symbols across culture, both those that use plant medicine for the shamanic work and those that don't. And what he discovered was that very likely the early shamans in their visions, in their journeys, we're seeing images of serpents, often coiled serpents, two serpents coiled, intertwined with one another, and even there were like, looked like little ladders between them. Well, think about it, because that sounds like a, an image that could represent DNA. Narby's proposition really was that, yes, they were seeing DNA, but didn't have a clue as to what DNA was back then. And so the images that were shown to them by spirit were those of snake. So that's an example of two power animals that came to me and have remained with me up to this day. 
And yes, it's possible to have more than one. And yes, sometimes one gets replaced by another. Owl spirit was great when I primarily had an active psychotherapy practice. One of Owl's medicines was to be able to see in the shadows and into the darkness, which is a valuable tool in any kind of psychotherapy counseling situation. A few years back, Owl sort of retired and Raven moved in. And Raven continues to be a, an amazing guide, uh, is also very blunt, very frank with me, which is what I need, and has proven to be an excellent collaborator with Wolf in taking me on shamanic journeys. One other piece about power animals is that I've come to understand that each of us is actually born with a particular spirit animal. However, in Western culture at large, it's just not something that's ever considered, or if it's considered at all, we'll buy the child a stuffed rabbit or a stuffed bear or something like that, toy bear, of course, toy rabbit, and we'll leave it at that without any understanding of the deeper significance of that particular animal. Last but not least is a question that I often get in teaching my workshops is, well, how do you find out who your power animal is? Often what I say in response is, ask the universe, ask God, ask great spirit, you know, keep asking the question and watch and pay attention to who shows up. Another way is just to notice if there's a particular animal that you're just drawn to and you've been drawn to a good deal in your life, such as elephants. I knew one fellow that had an elephant pin for his tie. He had elephants on his tie. He told me that he had elephant statues and images at home. And that's a good way to assume that his power animal is elephant. The next thing I suggest, if one is a possibility, is, again, close your eyes and telepathically say, Elephant, are you my power animal? And you don't need to be even interested in shamanism or shamanic practice to have this sort of companion spirit in your life. And I know that they will serve you. And one other thing that's important as you work with spirit animals in general, animal spirit guides, totem animals, or power animals, is the principle of reciprocity. That's applicable in many, many ways living here on this earth and this planet. You breathe in, you breathe out. There's reciprocity going on when you do that. You give to the plants and the trees, the carbon dioxide, and they give to you the oxygen that your body needs. The idea with spirit animals, as far as reciprocity is concerned, is to give back. To give back to the animal kingdom, not necessarily just that particular totem animal or spirit animal, although that may be one avenue, but donate time, energy, money, uh, rescue pets, or any domesticated animals that you care for. Give them lots of love because they give something back to us, that's for sure. I trust you've enjoyed this presentation, and I would encourage you to pay closer attention to those animals 
whether physically or symbolically, show up to you in an unusual way and or repeatedly. And try some of these methodologies out. There's so much turmoil and uncertainty and unpredictability in the world. I think it's really, really important to have some spiritual practice or practices in place that help you attune to the fact that there are ways to receive guidance for your life. And this is one particular way that I find very, very accessible. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations, introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.